Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. Another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, talking everything District 3, week in, week out. Uh, my name is Brandon Bainey. This guy is Logan Green. Logan, you're coming to us from a darker location than we're used to seeing today. The sun hasn't come up yet where you live, right? No, it's it's very gloomy out here today in the Treasure Valley. So, and yeah, my my wife always says I'm coming into your cave when she comes in to the room here, but it is uh, it's a little darker and gloomier. It doesn't. It looks like it could be a rainy weekend across the state for the state football playoffs. Um, pretty much everywhere, it seems like. I mean, just looking ahead at the weather forecast, it doesn't uh, looks like we could have some wet or snowy games everywhere, which is all which is always fun. Yeah, I'm going to be in Mullen on Saturday. We're up in North Idaho broadcasting there. And uh, yes, snow, uh, several inches of snow in the forecast. So really? Like yes. during the game? No, I don't know about during the game, but, but it will be on the ground. Snow slush on the ground. Oh, so. that'll be awesome. Yeah, I mean, and- I saw. A couple of years ago, there was a picture that uh, it was Lakeside put it on their Facebook page of their game at Wallace. And I mean, it was almost to their knees and, they, and it was awesome. Like that would be a that would be a fun one to play in. Definitely. And so, yes, uh, Garden Valley will be going up to Mullen to play that right. game. We will we will talk about that more as we get to our football discussion. But let's let's start speaking of. Uh, of running. I don't know. Were we speaking of running? I'm trying to make the transition. Let's just talk cross country and get into it. Um, the state cross country championships were held up in Lewiston last week. And like the record book was just like obliterated Logan, new state record times on both the boys and the girls side. Um, a girl from post falls uh, set the new five, a or set the new state record for girls. But on the boys side, we've been talking about Rocky mountain all season long. We saw them compete uh, when we broadcasted the Idaho, uh, the, the tiger Grizz invite in Idaho falls back in mm-hmm. September, Landon, he won that day. And he told me in the post-race interview that, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to go in state. Like we're not overconfident, but you know, we're going to go in state and then we want to qualify for nationals. Well, check. Rocky Mountain blows away the competition on the boys' side. Landon Hemeyer wins the individual title. Check out this time, Logan. 14 minutes, 38.79 seconds. That is the fastest time in the state of Idaho ever for a high school boys' runner. I mean, you you just do some simple math there, right? Like, to divide that by three, three-mile race, and uh, you're talking sub-five-minute miles consecutively. That is – I could never do that. Um, but obviously no one has ever done that at the high school level in Idaho, except for him. I mean, anytime you're running a sub 15, you know, 5k, uh, that's like otherworldly. And Rocky had not only Hemeyer accomplished that, but Tyler Sainsbury did it as well. He took second overall. He ran 14 minutes, 51.53 seconds. So they had two sub 15 minute runners. Just insane. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive by them. I mean, they are going to, show up and you know wherever else they if they do make i don't know did they make nationals i don't know if that has come out yet but um if they do go like you got to think they'll be in the mix there right yes so so the regional uh competition is in a couple of weeks um in november and then from there they can qualify right for, for nationals. So you got to think though that regional competition that um they should be in good shape um, if when you've got two sub 15s and one that you, yeah, that's, it's tough to match up with. Yeah. That's just phenomenal for Rocky. They've now won five of the last seven boys cross country titles in class five. A. And speaking of running dynasties on the girls side, the Boise brave win their fifth consecutive five, a title Anastasia Peters from post falls was the individual champ. As, as we said, she set a new, uh, state record. Um, but uh, Allie Bruce takes second for the Brave. And then check out this wild story. Marlo Herford had a great recap of everything that happened at State Cross Country for us. It's on the homepage at idahosports.com. She is the preeminent cross-country distance running writer in the state of Idaho. We're so lucky to have her uh, lend her talents to our site. Uh, but she had a great recap of everything that happened. And she uh, had this story about Sammy Smith for Boise, who 
Uh, we've been talking about her the past couple of weeks because she has been competing with the U.S. Uh, women's uh, U-17 national soccer team, and they've been playing over in India. So uh, Sammy Smith wasn't able to compete at state for Boise uh, as they won the 5A girls soccer championship, but she flew back, uh, got back from India in time to compete at this state cross-country meet. Now, uh, her coach, Aaron Olswanger, wasn't sure she was going to compete. I mean, I wouldn't, right? Who would after you've just been through some grueling international <laughs> soccer matches? Yeah. She lands, and, and there were some problems with airlines, which is pretty common, you know, in this day and age. And so you'll have to read the story for the full breakdown. But uh, basically, she lands in Boise and goes, yeah, I think I want to compete. And so she hadn't competed in like six weeks, and she still takes seventh overall. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to to just show up and just compete, that's a feat in of, in and of itself, right? To just show up, go to state, and and then not only that, but to place in the top 10. Uh, I mean, you got to think that, I guess that shows how much of a grueling sport soccer is, right? Where, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what if she was training for state cross country while she was, um, you know, competing with the U.S. soccer, but. I would guess not. I guess she was focused on soccer, but the, you know, the demands of that led over and she was still able to just show up cold Turkey and run a race at state cross country. Yeah. Excuse me, and come in eighth place. Yeah. It's just absolutely crazy. So that's what happened at five, a cross country Four a Bishop Kelly boys win the title, another championship for the overflowing trophy case at Bishop yeah. Kelly high. Um, they win the boys title. Their top performer was Austin Clough. He took third overall. This was another race where the top three finishers all ran sub-15 times, Logan. And so Clough, even though he took third, had a great time of 14 minutes, 58.19 seconds. Nicely done. Yeah, another sub-15. And so, you know, that goes to help Bishop Kelly that just, like you said, the overflowing trophy case there at BK. Um, yeah. They're not in short supply. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, the highlight from the two-way competition was Cameron Moore of uh, Ambrose repeating as the girls' champion. Way to go. She uh, wins back-to-back two-way individual titles. Um, Ambrose uh, didn't have enough runners to factor into the team race, but Cameron Moore did a fantastic job there. And then at the 1A level, Victory Charter has uh, repeated as the 1A champs on the boys' side. Uh, or, or Ian Stockett repeated as individual champion for victory charter and the Vipers also won the boys title. Um, Ian Stockett, his winning time was 15 minutes, 19.49 seconds. So nicely done. Ian Stockett and victory charter. And Brandon, you know, you're just, if we go back to Cameron Moore here really quick, right? She won it for, you know, runs for Ambrose. Ambrose didn't have enough in the mix to go to state as a team. Um, but she goes and what other sport, I mean, maybe tennis is like this, but, where it doesn't matter, you can do it on your own. And, and that's a bad thing, right? I'm not trying to say don't be a team player at all. You know, we always say no, no I in team. But, like, when it comes to cross country, um, you can still succeed even if your team necessarily doesn't, right? It is on you. If you, wanna, wanna, if you want to win a state title in football, your team has to come together to win a state title. But if you want to win a state title in cross country, you can whether or not the people around you, you know, maybe at your school want to, uh, you know, that. It, so that's just an impressive thing, right? Or maybe the team spirit or whatever it is, isn't, uh, you know, up to where Cameron might want to be, or, you know, the competition, you know, the, the people at her school, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, right? But she just went and did it on her own, right? Says, you know, I want to want a state title, so I'm going to go do it. And, you know, even if my team isn't there or whatever it is, you go and do it. And so that's just one impressive thing with cross country that I think is that you can just do it right. If you want it, you can get it. You don't need to rely. And again, I'm not trying to say that sounds so bad. Like in basketball, I don't need to rely on anybody else. That's that's not what you want to hear in basketball and, and really for cross country or any sport for that matter. But at the end of the day, you don't to win a state title. You can do it on your own. And so, uh, you know, the hours that go into that, the preparation, you can do it on your own and still win a state title, whether or not your team is there or not. Right. Um, and in fact, uh, Napa Christian and Coal Valley Christian were the teams and Melba uh, uh, qualified their teams uh, from that district that Ambrose runs in. So 
that's the other and on the flip side of that logan a lot of times the team that has the best individual isn't always the team that wins the championship you've got to have that depth and right you got to have strength and numbers um so that's what makes cross country so interesting for sure yeah like you can you can have the individual champ by a mile but maybe yeah. not even be there like like ambrose she wasn't they didn't weren't even there there was three other teams or you can be like rocky mountain and everybody's fast um and really not have a problem with it yeah you don't you don't get more points because you won by a longer distance it's all based on placement and yeah it doesn't matter if you win by one second or one minute you're still getting you know x amount of points for wherever you finish so there's no max preps calculation in cross country it's pretty don't simple need to, don't need to win by 11 plus yeah, it's pretty simple. Just line up and run. So pretty, uh, pretty awesome. State volleyball was taking place last week over in East Idaho. There was a lot of exciting, uh, obviously, some champions that came back from the Treasure Valley. I think we have to start with our champions, Logan. And any volleyball conversation, of course, starts with Skyview. They dropped down yeah. to, to the 4A level. Uh, they dropped one set the entire tournament. It was to Columbia in the first semifinal. And then they met up with Columbia again in the championship and got the sweep. And it was the only set Skyview dropped to an Idaho team, period, this year. Michael uh, Laglama from the Idaho Statesman had that stat, which was just mind-blowing to me. But Skyview rolls. Columbia, though, takes second, which was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah, and you know, if any team was going to win a set against Skyview, you had to think it was going to be somebody that knew them well. I mean, that's what it's going to take. They just blow through everybody. Skyview does. And so somebody like Columbia, that's not even a conference rival, but a city rival, right? They're both in Nampa, both on the south side of Nampa. And, uh, you know, those people, they, they're, those girls play with each other outside of school and, you know, no tendencies and obviously not good enough to win, but good enough to win one, which, like you said, a pretty impressive feat when nobody else had done it all year. But congrats to Skyview. Again, I think of any sport all year long that we cover, I think that this is the one where you say, who's going to win a state title? If I had to put my money on any sport, any team, anywhere, that's where I'm going is Skyview to win it in volleyball. Yeah, pretty obvious choice there. Um, big big shout out to Melba. They win the 2A state championship over Westside. Um, this, is re- this was a rematch of last year's championship where Westside got the better of Melba. So it's nice that the Mustangs won the title even sweeter that they took out the West side pirates, the team that had beaten them the year prior. Pretty awesome for Melba. Yeah. And I mean, West side came in as a, they're a four seed this year, you know, and they, and they even lost their opening round to, to Malad and still found a way to, to move maneuver their way back on the other side of the bracket. So, you know, they were playing on thin ice the whole way. And that, that's a dangerous team. I think when you've lost that opening game, you have, you know, your season is over if you lose. And so congrats to, to Melba for getting it done. Yeah, nicely done for the Mustangs. And then at the 1A D2 level, I mean, this is another team we talked about all year, Logan, Horseshoe Bend. Uh, you know, I would love to see Horseshoe Bend and Melba meet up in a match oh, yeah. just to see how that goes. And Horseshoe Bend goes, and, and they don't lose a set all tournament long. They yeah. just roll through it and, um, you know, kind of business trip, no problem here, let's go home. Yes. Um, and, and you know what the scary part is for Horseshoe Bend? They don't have a single senior on the roster, Logan. Because <laughs> if I remember, like last year, they had a ton of freshmen. Yeah. Is that, and so those they're only sophomores and maybe a couple juniors. And, yeah, they're going to be a problem for a couple of more years, right? Yes. And you feel bad because Council is a great volleyball program, but because they're in the same district as Horseshoe yeah. Bend, they get overshadowed a lot. Council ends up taking third. Another great run for Coach Paula Tucker and the Lumberjacks. Yeah, so congrats to them. I mean, they have been in the mix for a lot of sports the last, you know, 12 months, right? The, the girls' basketball team made a run to the state championship. Volleyball team has been in the mix, and so they've got some athletes right now over there at Council. Definitely. Um, let's talk about uh, 3A volleyball. Fruitland gets to the championship match against Kimberly. They had lost to Kimberly in the first semifinal Saturday, and then they lose to, to Kimberly again in the championship. But Fruitland, nicely done, a second-place yeah. trophy. And Weezer takes third. So the two teams from the Treasure Valley go 2-3. Yeah. And, three. and did, I, I don't – gosh, I don't have it in front of me. I should have it. But did you see the, the score line for that semifinal game with Kimberly? The, it went five sets. 
Yes. And it was like everything was within two points, something like that. I mean, it was it was neck and neck. It couldn't have been any closer. It was it was like a couple of them went long, like 20, 29 points. One of them went and it, you know, it was maybe you have it in front of you, Brandon, but it yeah, seemed so like it was a heck of a battle. Yeah. So they so so Fruitland uh, in, in their last match on Friday against Weezer won 27-25. Or excuse me, they dropped the first set 27-25, and then they won 25-21, 25-15, 25-23. So that's like nail biters yeah. all the way between Fruitland and Weezer on Friday. Then on Saturday, you're right, this was insane. Uh, Kimberly wins the first two sets, 25-23 and 26-24. Fruitland wins the next two by uh, scores of 25-22, 25-21, and then the last set is 15-7 in favor of Kimberly. Fruitland then, as they battled back through, had to play Weezer again. Weezer, you could tell, was just out of gas. They had had to play Snake River on Saturday morning. Uh, They won that match in four sets, but they were all very competitive. And then um, by the time Fruitland got back to play Kimberly, they were kind of out of gas as well. That's why it is so critical to win an undefeated semifinal match on Saturday. You can save your energy. Because you win that, right? You've won, you know, you won your opening round. Then you won the second round. And you won the third. Like then, then you get off, right? And then everybody else has to play a game just to play you there, and they'd have to beat you twice. And so, if you can yeah. get to that spot, you're you're you got to be feeling good about yourself. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would love to see the numbers broken down. I guess that's something we could look up. But how what when you get to the finals undefeated? What are the what's the percentage that ends up winning that? Like, I, I mean, I will tell you this year, every team that won the undefeated semifinal won the, the championship it, match, and none, none of them were pushed to the decisive second winner-take-all match. So, I, I would think that, that it would be tough to come back and win two in a row after you already had to play an extra game. Yeah, like, no, you know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's uh, very unheard of, and softball is kind of the same way. You see it a little more in softball than in volleyball, but – it's, it's definitely tough. So congratulations to both Fruitland and Weezer for taking second and third. And then at the 5A tournament, you know, Madison wins the title. And I think everybody thought it was going to be Madison and Eagle. That was going to be the showdown. They played in the, in, the, in the second round on Friday. Madison won that matchup. But it, it was Timberline that kind of got on this dark horse run and fought their way through. They beat Post Falls for third place, and then they, they fall to Madison. So congratulations to Timberline. The Wolves end up taking home second place from state. Yeah, and Brandon, you look at it, right? They lost that opening round with Post Falls, yeah. and then they win 3-2 to two against Hawaii. They win 3-2 to two against Eagle. So they were playing some tough matches all the way. They won 3-1 to one against Lake City. And then another three to two victory against Post Falls on the other side. So they got their revenge there. So that was a heck of a run by Timberline. It's, again, we mentioned it. You lose that first one and you make that run through. And they were tight the whole way. It wasn't like they were blowing people away. And so that, I don't, that, that's even more impressive in my mind, I think. Yeah, uh, just the fact that they were able to get there and what an accomplishment for for Timberline, just outstanding. So, um, yeah, that is uh, what happened at State Volleyball. Let's move into football, Logan. There were really only uh, a handful of games uh, that were even you know close and competitive for Treasure Valley teams in the right. opening round. I think the most competitive game that we saw was that Minico Valley view battle that went to overtime. So let's, let's just start with the 4A bracket where sure. uh, you had Valley view travel to Minico. They upset the Spartans last year in the rematch. They, they had Minico on the ropes. I'm telling you, Minico is counting their blessings that they got out of this matchup unscathed. Valley view was missing their best uh, player, Tyson Fox. Um, didn't matter. Uh, Koa Mao ran the ball really well. Uh, Isaac Moore played a great game at quarterback. Um, it goes to overtime, though, tied at 14-all. Minico scores on their possession. Valley View um, has a fourth down pass that falls incomplete, and so the Falcons drop it in overtime 20-14. to 14. But what a battle by Valley View. And I got done with my game that I was broadcasting, and, you know, I had a you know about an hour, 15-minute drive home. And so I um, may or may not have just put some games up on my dashboard. I, I'm not going to confirm that. Um, but I, that was the one I pulled up, and I was like, oh, my goodness, here we go. Like, I didn't know. I hadn't seen anything about the score all night long until I turned it on late in the fourth quarter. 
and they went to overtime. And Valley View, that final pass looked like it was there. I thought he might have caught it, but he was going out of bounds. I couldn't really tell. But, I mean, they were close to catching that. And, man, what uh, what a win, right? Uh, or not what a win, but what a game for Valley View to, to once again almost pull it off. And I don't know, like, does that say more about the district and that, that it maybe it was stronger than people originally thought and they go over there and do that? Or is that just Valley View playing the spoiler like they always do? I, I think Valley View is just really well coached. And I, can't, I don't think you can make the district argument because let's transition into the next game where yeah. Emmett kind of laid an egg at home yeah. against Shelly, not taking it. I mean, Shelly is a great team. I think they're underrated compared to where their seat yes. is, but um, I was surprised, not that that Emmett lost, but that it was so decisive. You know, the Huskies yeah. lose th- 37 to 13. And that's what I think that was. I wouldn't have been surprised at the result and the loss, but 37 points to Shelly. Like, Shelly's a good team, but they're not putting up 40 points a game on average, right? They're, they're keeping that ball on the ground. And, and Emmett, that high-powered offense, Dakota Perry at quarterback, only puts up thir- 13 points. I just – that was very surprising. And so, um, yeah, a little disappointing in the in, in that result from Emmett. But, um, man, Shelly is just a dangerous team themselves, too. I know that's a story for another prep cast. But, um, yeah, so so Emmett just can't get it done. And, 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 you know, for that matter, Skyview goes up north to Sandpoint. And this is one that they were kind of in in the first half. But then things kind of just unraveled as the second half went along. <laughs> Yes, uh, Skyview ends up losing 63-35. to 35. Max cut forth in the loss, 409 yards, four touchdowns. Just another night for Max Cutforth, a very unheralded quarterback for Skyview because they didn't win a lot this year, but he's got big league talent for sure. Yeah, to throw that many yards in the playoffs, I don't care what the score is, but you put up 400 yards in the playoffs, you take that to the bank, right? You you know, that that that's the highlight tape to put together. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, for um, for both Emmett and Skyview, the story was they couldn't stop the run. They just couldn't. They got gashed on the ground time and again. And uh, we saw it when Bishop Kelly played each of those teams this year. BK, of course, runs the box up show. You know, whoever can stop the run might be the team that can win the 4A championship, honestly. We'll yeah, and, and I was talking to this, uh, talking to somebody about this, and, you know, I don't know who's going to win this. I mean, I know Bishop Kelly is is the favorite coming in, um, what they've done, but I, I would like to see them play. I mean, out of conference, I mean, they did beat Burley, who made state, but their 5A wins, they played a couple 5A teams that were not really good. Um, so I'd like to see them against the Pocatello this weekend. Like, how are, you know, Pocatello has played a brutal schedule all year long. And and how is that? I So I thought Lakeland personally was going to, I thought they were going to, beat Pocatello. I, I was my pick on the game picks. I picked them. Um, but then, I mean, you were there for that one. It seemed like Pocatello, you know, per, took care of business. And so that, that makes me worry for if there's a game to be like this week, you know, I wonder how is that going to match up? I still think probably Bishop Kelly wins at the end of the day, but um, it'll, I think it'll be closer than what maybe uh, treasure Valley fans expect. Yes. It's been a, such a long time since Bishop Kelly was in a close competitive game, they, they may not have had one all year, to be honest, where yeah. they get punched in the mouth and how do they respond? And that's kind of been their problem the last couple of years is they've kind of cakewalked through the regular season. And then when they get to the playoffs, this happened last year, uh, you know, and, and Bishop Kelly real quick, 70 to nothing win over Canyon Ridge in the opening yeah. round. <laughs> Peter, Peter Menard uh, returned the opening kickoff 85 yards for a touchdown. He has, you know, his usual production on the ground. Um, and Noah Bournes also returned a punt 55 yards for a touchdown. So BK got a kick return and a punt return for a touchdown. But this is their thing. They they roll through the regular season. They cakewalk through. And then they get into a tight situation in the playoffs. And to me, the last two years that they've yeah. been in, they lost a century in the semifinals two years ago uh, or in the quarterfinals. And they yeah. lost to Pocatello in the quarterfinals last year at Holt Arena where they run the ball. That is their bread and butter, right? Well, they get punched in the mouth, they get down a score, and they panic. At least this is my perspective. And I was on the call for both of those games the last two years, so I can kind of I kind yeah, of know what I'm talking right. about. 
they just seem to panic and they get away from what was so successful for them all year. And then it snowballs and then they're headed home. So can BK uh, execute in a tight contest is still the question to be answered. Yeah. And, and like you said, we haven't seen it. That's not saying they can't. We just have not seen it this year. Yeah. And, and so that, that to me is the big question mark. Now they are, they should be the favorite against Pocatello. Pocatello was a team that's very banged up. Uh, they're missing one of their best linebackers. Of course, their starting quarterbacks been out all year. So they're just with, with duct tape and paper clips, you know, Pocatello's finding a way to advance, but BK right. should be favored in that matchup. Let's, let's move to five, a football. The, the most intriguing game there was Middleton going up to Lewiston and, yeah. and walking out with a 14 to seven win to hold that Lewiston offense to seven points. I thought was pretty impressive by the Vikings. Yeah, their defense has come, I think, a long way since last season, especially. I've seen a lot of Middleton football over the last couple of years, and it was like Swiss cheese, right? I mean, they just they gave up a ton of yards, and it seems like it's come together. I mean, they did lose last week to CUNA, but that I mean, that was a close – it was close. It wasn't like they gave up a gazillion yards in that one. Um, and really, they've done pretty well after that huge loss to Meridian, right? That was about a month and a half ago, early September, and Meridian just wiped them. And so, you know, now that's what they're rewarded with is, is a you know, you, you go beat Lewiston on the road, you come home and you get Meridian in the next round, which will be a tough matchup for them. But um, they have played, so, you know, you, you got to throw that in there. But, oh man, um Congrats to them for going up and winning that game. It's not easy to go up there. And from what I had heard, there wasn't a ton of hotel rooms in Lewiston this weekend for the team and the family um, up there because of state cross country. Mm. Right. So they, you know, they found out a little later that they were going up there. So it was kind of a travel um, mess for, for, <laughs> for the Milton folks trying to get up there. Well, all's well that ends well there. Yeah. Uh, Cole Holman was the IdahoSports.com player of the game. He had 93 yards on the ground, also caught a touchdown from Decker Hagler, and then Decker Hagler scored the game-winning touchdown with 6.46 to play in the contest, scored on a three-yard run. Lewiston had one last chance. They threw a Hail Mary as time expired, fell incomplete. Middleton walks out with the 14-7 to win. Um, the next uh, intriguing matchup to me was Mountain View and Napa, Logan, and I kind of called this last week. I kind of said, yeah. I, I, I'm leaning Mountain View in this game. They've been banged up all year. They're finally getting some pieces back. And, uh, you know, I never imagined it would be a 44 to nothing shutout. I think the Mavericks were pretty motivated. Yeah, I, just, I this one shocked me. I'll be completely honest. Like, I just never expected Napa to get blanked like that after the season they'd had and they just beat mountain view like very like two weeks ago three weeks ago something like that and to go from i mean we we saw some teams like right so like murtaugh beat lighthouse christian last week and then lose to them this week in the playoffs and, and so we've seen some of those flip um but to flip like this I, that one that surprised me to flip 44 to zero and so hey you know what if you're middleton you look at that and say hey look Look what happened in that one. You know, we can if they can flip it that bad, maybe we can uh, have a chance against Meridian. I don't think that's true, but uh, but man, what an impressive win! And Mountain View, if you're gelling like that right now, that's a scary uh, thing for Highland, right? They have to go to Pocatello and go to Highland, and now all of a sudden, you're you're gelling. It reminds me of Middle Meridian last year, right? Meridian kind of had some, you know, a little bit of issues regular season, lost some of their bigger games. They go to the playoffs. They beat uh, Madison in the first round. Then they go and they beat Mountain View. And then they have a home game with Rigby and lose by the – I mean, the skin of all skins of their teeth in triple overtime. And and it is just gelling at the right time for Mountain View. Yeah. So, yeah, real quick, let's preview the quarterfinal matchups as we're talking about each of these teams. I think we're both in agreement. Middleton would need to play their absolute best game of the year, and Meridian would have to – play their worst <laughs> commit a couple of turnovers something like that you know we yeah. like meridian there um mountain view's got to travel to holt arena friday night for a 5 30 kickoff against highland you know i do lean highland in this one they're a little healthier right now their defense their front seven is yeah. so good defensively um it's just going to be a tough matchup for mountain view i feel like well, i mean highland is the only team to besides rocky mountain to be close with meridian all year long and i guess i'm using that as a gauging stick 
And then they beat Rigby. And who else does that? No, but nobody, like hardly anybody's done that the last couple of years. And so, yeah, I think I would lean Highland. It might be closer than maybe Highland had expected looking back a couple of weeks um, from where Mountain View's at. But uh, Mountain View, you know, if they can get past that Highland defense, maybe maybe there's something there. But I like the Rams too. This will be a low-scoring game, something like a 21-17 type of game, I feel like. Uh, neither side will be putting up 40 points. I feel pretty confident about that. Um, why he traveled to Rigby, uh, first game ever in Storm uh, playoff history. Uh, they walk into the, the buzzsaw and lose 49-14. to uh, Cade Martin threw two touchdowns for Hawaii uh, as the Storm kind of conclude their season. A nice run for Hawaii, uh, but yeah. – Tough to win at Rigby, certainly. And now we've got Rigby and Eagle. This, to me, is the closest matchup of any of these quarterfinals in the 5A, Logan. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun one. I think there's going to be points in this game <laughs> to, to be had. And, and you know, Eagle likes to run the ball. Um, Rigby likes to just put up points however they can. I haven't seen the Trojans this year, but. They, they, they like to swing to be, it around. Yeah, they they in the past they like to throw, and so that should be an interesting contrast. And I don't know, I I, I kind of like Rigby in the matchup, but I mean Eagle looked good all year long, right? I mean, um, they got better as the season got along. I I thought at least um, from Eagle, and you know, really they they have that blemish on their record from Meridian a couple times, but outside of that, the Mustangs have played well. So. It's always tough to travel, and and will the weather play a factor? If it's going to be wet, does that favor Eagle, who wants to keep it on the ground? And 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 you know, Rigby plays in terrible weather all the time. They're used to it, and so you know, does that factor in too? I don't know. I don't know. I think it'll be a great game either way, though. Yeah, uh, I I slept on Eagle last year in this round of the playoffs, they went up to Coeur d'Alene and knocked off the Vikings, which was pretty remarkable. Um, now they are the team that's trying to defend their home field. I'm still, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to do this for, the, for two years in a row. I'm going to lean Rigby. Yeah. Uh, Eagle is going to prove me wrong again, and I will come back next week and wear it. But I just, Rigby is such a good, yeah. talented team that, um, yeah. but you know, Eagle also is very good, very talented. This to me is the toughest call of any of the 5A matchups, but I will say Rigby. I guess right. that's my East Idaho bias showing. No, I, I mean, that's how I lean too. I lean Rigby on it. Yeah. And, and then we had Rocky Mountain beat CUNA 51 to 10. Uh, 42 seconds into the contest, Parker Weatherly returns a fumble, 29 yards for the for a touchdown. Art Williams uh, ran the ball 13 times, 110 yards and a touchdown. He was the IdahoSports.com player of the game. Uh, Rocky now heads to post falls. Uh, I kind of like Rocky in this matchup. Post Falls is a team that's got a very explosive running game with uh, with Jake Bustamante, who's oh, a great yeah. great running back. But Rocky has shown this year that they're pretty stout defensively. I think whoever wins in the Battle of the Trenches wins this game. Yeah, I, th I, I think Rocky wins this. I mean, I saw Post Falls play uh, down at, at Middleton against a team from Utah, yeah, and Bustamante was very impressive of anybody on that team. Uh, he looked like he was the, you know, the one to lead the way for the, the Trojans. But yeah, I, I like Rocky. I mean, that their loss this year is a tight one to Meridian. Um, they are on a roll lately. They have just been, you know, just kind of hot knife through butter right through these teams. And I think they're going to go up there and get the job done. Yep. Uh, so I, I also like Rocky there. Let's move to the 3A where you had uh, – let's let's start with McCall Donnelly. They went on the road to Buell and uh, lost only by a score of 12-6. to 6. I was pretty impressed with, with the way the Vandals, the third-place team from their district, were able to push Buell, the conference champion from District 4. Um, it was a 12-0 lead for Buell at halftime. McCall Donnelly had a tough time moving the ball against that Buell defense. They did finally score on a 45-yard touchdown pass from Maddox Arnold to TJ Leonard. Arnold is just a sophomore for McCall Donnelly. So um, nicely done by the Vandals. Of course, they would have loved the win. But the fact that they were that close, uh, I thought, said a lot about their program. Yeah, I mean, Buell only has one loss on the year, right? And it was opening week to Weezer. And that's it. Buell's kind of run through everybody else they've played. So that's an impressive job to do it on the road 
um, in the playoffs to, to be that close. I mean, they're a play away from winning that game really. Yeah. So nicely done by coach uh, Lee Leslie and, and the McCall Bonnelly Vandals. Um, and then the game you were at Logan had a lot, a lot of drama to it. Weezer was yeah. hosting Timberlake and this was kind of an interesting one. Yeah, this was not, I mean, I, I'll be honest, Timberlake fans, if you're listening, uh, probably not, but I apologize. It just seems like Timberlake every year gets into state and earns their trip down to the SRV to get killed. And then they go home, right. To, to get beat by Homedale 50 to zero, something like that, whatever it is. But man, they were punching Weezer right back. And it was a great, it was a really good game. And and they were undersized. I mean, on you look at it, the line for Timberlake, much smaller than the line for Weezer, but they did not back down and they forced turnovers and that was a big thing. They first forced a couple of turnovers against Weezer and then took advantage. And man, they, there was a point in the game. So Weezer scored first and then Timberlake comes right back down the field and scores. Weezer fumbles. Timberlake gets the ball. They go down and score again. Timberlake had the lead in this game. Um, and, and then Weezer got up by two scores. But at one point it was, it was, it was when it was, it was 13 to seven. Um, and and Timberlake had the ball right up thirteen to seven, and I think I think his name is Olvera um, for Timberlake oh, and, Ra- and Ra- Rajani Oliveri. So that's how I said it. But when I asked that, they were like, "No, they told us it's pronounced Olvera." Oh, okay. So, but I I was saying Oliveri. So sorry, Rajani. Um, <laughs> but he went up. He had like three passes that he caught really long, and Weezer just. I think they knew it was coming, but they just couldn't stop it when they wanted to. And he went deep on it and went up and came down with the pass and it bounced off his chest. I mean, he had it. It was third and forever. Uh, They end up punting. And then the first play from scrimmage for Weezer, they go 80 yards for a touchdown. And that tied it up. And then Weezer kind of went on a run. Timberlake came back and even had a chance late with an onside kick. But Timberlake was there. And and I think Weezer, they – they had some trouble with them. Um, I mean, they scored what, what was it? I think 20, oh gosh, 27 points. And nobody else had put up more than 21 on them all year long. Homedale scored 21 on them. And outside of that, I think they'd only given up something like 35 points all year to other teams that were not Homedale. And, and Timberlake comes and drops 27 on them. That right side of the line, Timberlake had found something. They would run to the right, and there was space. They were picking up chunks of yardage. So I think if you're a team that watched that game at all or is watching film or anything like that, I think Weezer's got a a gap on that right side. Now, will that matter against Bonner's Ferry? I don't know. Was it – did Weezer just play a terrible game? I don't don't think they did. I just think Timberlake was ready to go, and they played tough. And if Bonner's Ferry can match that, it's going to be, you know, from what, at least going off what I saw, I didn't expect to see that at all. Honestly, I thought Weezer would win by four touchdowns. If yeah, Bonner's so- Ferry can play a similar game, I, you know, watch out. The Badgers could make some noise and could pose a, an upset threat. They haven't lost a game all year. And, and you know, it, it will be an interesting matchup on Saturday afternoon. That's for sure. Yeah, this will be a game that we'll have for you on IdahoSports.com. Saturday, 1 p.m. in Weezer. uh, Bonners Ferry uh, beat Timberlake in a close battle. Weezer just beat Timberlake in a close battle. Seems to think uh, maybe a close (laughs) battle is in store, but Weezer's got the goat on the sidelines in Tom Harrison, and there is no way that he is going to allow his team to get pushed around like that from a team up north again. So I actually think Weezer will come out and send a message uh, this week in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and that, and that, you know, I've been thinking about it this week, and I I can see that. I can see them saying, "Enough of that. That was enough. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna go out and you're gonna roll this by a couple scores." I I could just see it going either way. I could see it being a close one after last week, or I could see it Weezer just saying, "No thanks." I don't think Bonner Ferry is gonna run away with it. I'll say that 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 option is off the table. But I think it, we'll see. We'll see. Should be fun. <laughs> definitely uh and then you had you had fruitland go to snake river this is a game we both called logan like yeah. just using the eye test fruitland is a better team than snake river no disrespect to district five it was a very weak district this year grizzlies win 27 to 14 uh lane roberts 
was the IdahoSports.com player of the game. He had a pair of rushing touchdowns on offense. He also had a uh, 80-yard interception return for a touchdown. So uh, Fruitland wins 27-14. Tough matchup this week, though. They've got to go back to East Idaho and play Sugar Salem, the number one seed. And and here's the thing, Brandon. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I don't know if there are is a team that's got it together as much in the state classification wide as Sugar Salem and I would say Kendrick right now. I think those two teams just I don't do they have a issue? I don't know if they have any problems on offense, on defense, on special teams. I don't think either one of those teams has any issues right now. They are just so smooth, and so for Fruitland. Um, going to be a tough tall task to to take on sugar salem over there yeah they're gonna have to stop the run and probably get a turnover <laughs> or two on defense if the right. grizzlies want to have a chance there um and then homedale uh, had a bye they host south fremont uh south fremont kind of took kimberly behind the woodshed and and um you know homedale i think is the favorite but i, I said this on our east idaho prepcast this week uh people uh keep telling me that south fremont's head coach chad hill is one of the best coaches at crafting a game plan in terms of, okay, we are yeah. the, the deck is stacked against us. We're very uh, undervalued in this matchup. What's the game plan that we're going to come up with to have a chance. And people keep telling me there's nobody better at it than Chad Hill, the head coach at South Fremont. So I'll be very interested to see what kind of game plan he puts together to attack Homedale. But I, I still like Homedale. Yeah, I still yeah, I agree. I like Homedale here, but South Fremont's played a, a you know tough schedule this year. They've gone up with Sugar Salem. They've they've gone up north and beat teams. Um, you know they they they've had some tough things come their way. Homedale as well. I mean, heck, we saw we saw them beat Laguna Beach to start everything off. Um, a, a big team from California, and they 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 beat them pretty handily. And so Homedale, I just feel like, again, they kind of just are in their own little pocket down there. And and then they just kind of quietly go through their season and beat everybody. And, and it comes out here. And, and we're potentially looking, Brandon, if it goes how we both think, we could see a Weezer and Homedale semifinal matchup next week. If, if both teams can get it done this week, which, which I think they do. Uh, so how fun would that be for the semis? Get your popcorn ready. That's for sure. Um, all right, 2A football, Cole Valley Christian had to go to Westside. Uh, they lose 61 to 14. I'm telling you right now, Westside is PO'd. They are PO'd at everything. They're PO'd that they lost the conference <laughs> title by one point. They're PO'd that they're on the same side of the bracket as Bear Lake. In their minds, they and Bear Lake are the two best teams, and they should be playing in the championship, not a semifinal. They're PO'd at the new playoff system where the district champs get the top five seeds. They're PO'd that two teams from Boise got in they're PO'd at everybody. And that is, that's bad. That is, I'm telling you, that's bad news for everyone that's going to get in their way. Uh, Cole Valley Christian uh, just happened to be the first sacrifice to the West side power house. So, yeah. I, and you know, it's funny cause they, I mean, really of the last four years, they have two losses by one point and that's it, you know, yeah. in, in four seasons. And We'll see how it goes. Um, I, obviously, all of our our squads, uh, Melba, right? They they're a home team this week against Aberdeen, which could be a good one. But um, Declo has played Westside pretty tough. I know that's a different prep cast, but over the last couple of years, and even this year, Declo was close with them. So we'll we'll see if they still have that that PO anger against Declo. But you know, Melba. Uh, a, a great opportunity here as they got, you know, they just missed on having that two seed, which I think stinks for Melba um, because if they win this week against Aberdeen, then they most likely have to go on the road back to Eastern Idaho, um, which has just been the, it has been the, the death of Melba seasons the last couple of years having to go to Eastern Idaho. Um, but this matchup with Aberdeen, I think will be a great measuring stick. Aberdeen is a, is a good team. Um, and so it's going to be a tough matchup. I, you know, this, this will tell us a lot about Melba. Yes. Uh, Melba certainly has put up some impressive results this year. They love to run the football. So does Aberdeen. My question is, is what type of quality competition did Melba see? Like we yeah. know, we know Aberdeen is battle tested. They played West side, Bear Lake, North Fremont, Melba played, you know, not, I'm not knocking the team no, from yeah. district three, but it just was a weaker district this year. 
when you look at statewide. And so I just don't, I don't know if Melba got a good look from anybody this year. And so, no, I, I mean, you look Cole Valley again, no disrespect there. They are the second bid in from the conference and they, they get beat pretty bad. Um, and so that makes me worry. Like, uh, you know, when I saw that result, you just, just thinking ahead, like it, does Melba, you know, you worry about that for Melba. Um, but again, they've got the athletes, right? They've got the players that have, that have, been successful all year long so we'll see how it shakes out but uh, i don't know man i don't know brandon i i i'm i lean aberdeen. aberdeen i don't want to say it out loud but that's just that's <laughs> just where i'm leaning right now that's where that's where i'm at too and melbourne fans can let me have it uh, yeah i would love to be wrong week. i'd yes. love to be wrong but yeah i just uh, I mean, Melba lost to North Fremont. Aberdeen shut out North Fremont. I mean, that's just using the transitive yeah, property, which yeah, you always two like plus to use. Two equals four. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, but that's a big game for Melba Friday night as well. Uh, 1A D1, Idaho City goes to carry. They lose 70 to six. Brody Backus still did his usual thing, though 148 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He's had a great season for Idaho City. Uh, they just kind of ran into the buzzsaw. We talked about Kerry was the number one team, according to Max Preps. So no shame in losing there. If you look at the 1A D1 bracket, is the state championship not going to be next week if if Kerry and Oakley wins? I mean, that's kind of the vibe I get. I mean, I don't want to say – I guess I shouldn't throw notice under the bus yet um, that, you know – Notice is the last team left here from District 3, right, in the 1A D1 tournament, and they will host Cary. And so if you want to play Cary, at least you get them on the road, right? They are – but that is tough. They are a number one team, and you have to play them in the, you know, in the quarterfinals. That's uh, it's a tough, tall task for Notice. You're going to have to basically have to match carry score for score because they can put up 40 points pretty routinely. And so uh, same question for notice is Melba, right? They, yeah. And and notice tried to put together a more difficult schedule, right? They hosted Clearwater Valley. They played Kendrick in the eight man classic, but this district three was just so uh, down this year compared yeah. to every other district in the state. I just don't know it. And I hope that it translates well. I really hope yeah. that they don't come out and I hope that it's close. I hope that notice can come out and, and play well and show up, but Carrie is just so good. They are just, they did not skip a beat moving up from, from one AD one or one AD two to one AD one. And, yeah. you know, they're dangerous, uh, you know, and, and if they win this game against notice, they're going to play Oakley in, in the semifinals and that, you know, you look at it and you, you got to think that that's probably actually a, a state championship game that's going to be played in the semis. Definitely. So. Um, let's go to 1AD2. Horseshoe Bend had to go on the road to play Dietrich. They fall 54 to 20. They hung close for about the first quarter and a half, and then Dietrich's, you know, explosive offense took over. But uh, the Mustangs finished the season off with a 5 and 4 record, getting back to the playoffs. Nicely done for Horseshoe Bend. Yeah, so a good season for them. I mean, maybe thought that they would have finished a little bit higher in the conference, but Garden Valley kind of stepped up and and you know assumed their position at that second spot under Council, and you know they got a big win as well on the road up at Lewis County. Yeah, so let me ask you, Logan. I I I went back and watched the film of that Garden Valley Lewis County game, and Garden Valley won forty-seven to eight. Um, and I'll be honest, the feed I was looking at was tough. It was zoomed out. It was blurry. The players kind of looked like ants. They kind of looked like blobs. It was hard to tell which guy was who. But uh, it seemed to me that they had a lot of athletes that they kept putting at different positions. They had a couple different quarterbacks. They had a couple different guys catching balls. I mean, Tacoma Kelly had three touchdown runs, two touchdown passes, and a touchdown reception. Now, you got to see them in person. Yeah. Is, that, is that what they do? They are, Yes, they are an interesting – I mean, Tacoma Kelly can just do whatever he wants right back there he is very good and like i told you there was one point he scored a touchdown and he was looking at his goal line he had turned his complete body around and ran backwards and then reversed course and still was able to get in and, and they just have a couple of different great athletes they can just plug in and i i really think they are going to cause some problems for mullen like I, I really do i think that they i know they got beat by council and council beat them pretty good, but you know Garden Valley. But though the only other thing is I worry about them too is how was the 
competition. Um, but but you could say the same thing for for Mullen as well. Um, right. So I, I don't know. I just don't even know what to think of this game on Saturday. I mean, you'll be there, Brandon. You'll see the Wolverines. They are just – they do a bunch of different stuff on offense, at least in the game against Horseshoe Bend that I did for them. They, you know, they, they block well. They, they play defense well. They, they force turnover. And that game against Horseshoe Bend, like seven turnovers inside Horseshoe Bend or inside the Garden Valley territory that they force those turnovers. And they're going to come after the ball and they're going to come after the quarterback. And, um, you know, the, the I think they're brothers. The Corn brothers are all over the place as well for Garden Valley. And, you know, it's going to be tough for Mullen if they if Garden Valley comes out to play like they have the last couple of weeks. Yeah, really, Garden Valley's defense, I think, is the anchor of yes. what they do. And that doesn't get enough credit, certainly. Jaden Hunt uh, leads the way on defense, and they're so good there. Um, so the interesting thing is uh, in Mullen, that's, I'll be there for that game on Saturday on IdahoSports.com with video coverage. Uh, I was talking to Mullen's athletic director and their football coach, uh, Stetson Spooner, last uh, yesterday afternoon to just say, hey, I'm coming up to broadcast the game. And he said, bring a jacket. I said, yeah, it's going to be cold. He goes, Three inches of snow Friday, potentially three inches of snow Saturday. Uh, could be rain and snow mix. It could be slushy. It could make running the ball more difficult. And he kind of, in a moment, admitted to me that, hey, you know, Garden Valley likes to run straight ahead. So they're probably going to be okay. We like to run more on the edges, which could be more difficult in inclement weather. So yeah. I don't yeah, know. When you try to make a cut, and you know what? If you've got two teams that are used to that, though, it's these two, right? Garden Valley has tons of snow um, up there all the time, so they're used to that. I don't think they've had much this year to, to begin with, but those kids play in it. They get it. Mullen gets it, and so it's not like putting a you know a, a team from the desert against Mullen, right? Or a team from Boise. Um, you know, Garden Valley has played in in their fair share of inclement weather over the years, so. Um, I don't know. I think it. I think this has a chance to be one of the best games of the weekend. I think so too. I'm very excited to see it and to see Garden Valley in person finally, um, because I've been sleeping on them all year and I've been disrespecting them all year. And I'm, I'm very sorry, Wolverines fans, <laughs> for that. Um, okay, and then we've got Council. They had the first round bye. They now get a home playoff game against uh, who are they playing? I, I, I don't have the bracket up in front of me, Logan. Councils. Oh, sorry. I was looking at council plays Castleford. Thank you. I, I knew, I knew it was another C team, but I didn't want to say the wrong name. So uh, this will be a tough matchup. Castleford we know is good. Um, council. I, I think everybody's picking Castleford. So council can kind of say we're the underdogs here, even though yeah. we're the home team. Right. Yeah. And you know what, it, this is, this will be a, a gauge too. I mean, you might, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Council has played a, a tough schedule. They played notice this year. They've gone out of conference and played some good teams. Um, but Castleford is a very good team who was also, I mean, they were neck and neck with Dietrich all year long, right? And and they were right there with them in that, that game that those two played. I think it was a one-score game. And so Castleford, at least on paper, looks like, you know, maybe the favorite in this game. But we just don't know. I mean, we haven't seen these two play each other. We haven't seen them. I don't think they have any common opponents this year from when I was looking at it. And so I don't, it's a toss up and you know what, you got to give the home field advantage, some credit there. Um, council making the, you know, or castle Ford making the drive over to council. So I don't know. I don't even know which way to lean on this one, Brandon. I think I lean castle Ford. Um, but, but that's not to say that I just feel like this bracket is so wonky the way it kind of is set up like I, and I mentioned it during in, in on this prep cast and during the horseshoe bin game against Garden Valley but the, the winner or the the person that lost that council Garden Valley game I I thought had a better road to the sem to the semifinals at least than the winner um, because you, you kind of could see Castleford coming for this game and that's a tough matchup for your first round I mean that's a that's a team that is probably worthy of a buy in and of themselves. And so, and you get them in the first round for you. It's, it's, that's tough. It's kind of like last year where Horseshoe Bend had to play Kendrick in the quarterfinals. And you and I were talking like, that's really a semifinal match. Yeah. That's not yeah. a quarter. Same thing with this Castle Ford Council. 
probably should be a semifinal matchup, not a quarterfinal matchup, but the bracket is what it is. So you got to get out there and play. So it'll be very interesting. Yeah. And I, you know what, at the same time, you have to beat good teams in the playoffs. You know, if you didn't see them here, you'd see them next week. And so in that regard, it doesn't really matter, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think though, at the end of it, um, you know, it doesn't really matter because the week after you'd play Kendrick and I don't know if anybody's going to beat them. I don't know. They're, they're so good. We'll, we'll find out. Um, okay. So all of uh, our fans that are watching and watching and listening, you want to know which games we're covering this weekend. As of right now, uh, 24 quarterfinal games going on across the state. We are projected to cover 18 of 24, which is pretty incredible. Second week in a row, Logan. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. So tons of games. Uh, A lot of these Treasure Valley games are going to be on IdahoSports.com. So like Brandon said, just be sure to come back, look at it, see where your team is, see what time it is and see if we'll be there. And and if we're not there, it is not personal. It's just there just are not enough. There's so many games going on in, in obscure locations that are just like we just we just can't get everywhere that we want to be this weekend but we are at 18 locations that is very good yes um, yeah because we we strive to give you the best if yeah. we if we commit to covering the game we're going to send one and probably two broadcasters that know the teams know the players uh, we're going to uh, send the best equipment we have to make sure that you've got a great broadcast and a great viewing experience you know no broadcast is perfect there's technical hiccups uh, in every game we do, but um, we we strive to not just oh yeah here's a camera and here's the game like we're gonna give you commentary we're gonna give you play by play broadcasters yeah. so that's and, what and, our we strive for and even I think Brandon I think this is at least so I do I mean you've you've heard us talk about it before but I'm the I take care of all the the advertising stuff at Idaho Sports and a lot of the other people that I've talked that they you know sometimes there's some miscommunication on when a game is quote audio only um, when there's no video, but I've talked to a lot of our our sponsors over the last couple of weeks and they absolutely love the audio broadcasts and that we send two guys there um, and and they know everything about those teams. They're very descriptive. You know, it it can be better than watching, you know, a, a broadcast that maybe somebody's just doing on their phone or something or whatever it else it is where it's just, you know, just a video and there's nothing there. Just listen up. We, we've got people that they know the teams and are, are working on it during the week. And it is worth listening to, you know, what? if you're an Eagle fan listening, you know, and you're playing rugby, listen, like, you know, put it in your ear while you're at the game or something like that. You know, you can listen to it while you're there and hear, you know, the, you know, the quote expert commentary on it and, and you know what, if you see the list and you see your team and you want to be on the broadcast for your team, just reach out to us. Um, we still have, we are running out of spaces. There are, you know, a lot of folks that have come on so far. Um, but if you want to be on with your team in the playoffs, just give me an email. Uh, it's just Logan at IdahoSports.com. We would love to have you on. I mean, we had like eight different businesses on for Weezer last week and a couple more this week. Uh, that's just one example I'm throwing out there. So a lot of great businesses out there that are making sure they are making sure that it happens for you, that we couldn't be at 18 locations if we didn't have all of these people helping out with these broadcasts. So please visit these. If you hear an ad, right. I mean, I'll just go ahead like Les Schwab and Weezer, right. Or Weezer classic candy. They come on for everything for Weezer. Um, next time you need a snack, there you go. Weezer Classic Candy, right? You know, go to these places. Go to these places that are making sure that they sponsor this and make sure it happens. And if you want to be involved, again, Logan at IdahoSports.com, we would love to have you on. Yeah, I think one of my favorite stories from the playoffs last year was at the semifinals when you have those two epic battles of Highland at Eagle, Rigby at Meridian. The, the Highland game gets over. They win in dramatic fashion. The Highland fans are like, boy, I wonder how that other game's going. And they look and they see it's still in progress. So I'm not joking. The Highland parents, coaches, we're all huddled on the field at Eagle still listening, listening. to 
I think the second or third overtime of that Rigby Meridian game, and they were listening on IdahoSports.com. So it was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and they were listening to me, so they were getting the best. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. I was. Uh, I who was I working with there? I think Mike, Mike Safford. Safford. Was, Safford. Yeah. yeah, that was that. Still, is probably the best game I've ever done in my life. That was absolutely incredible. But, anyways, yes, please, please, just join us. It is. It's not a lot. It's not a huge investment. I guarantee it's very small. We've had. We've had a couple of new people this week actually reach out and want to join. So if you want to get involved, just give us an email, Logan at IdahoSports.com. All right. And check the game streams tab on IdahoSports.com to see the full list of games that we will be covering this weekend. All right. Enjoy the competition, everybody. We'll be back to talk more uh, state football and, and state swimming is happening this week as well. We'll be back with a state swimming recap on next week's edition of the Treasure Valley Prepcast. But for now, thanks for tuning in. For Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.